Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're going to piggyback off yesterday's podcast on covetousness and keep reading there from Luke chapter 12. If you remember, uh, Jesus tells this parable about the certain rich man whose ground brought forth plentifully, and uh, uh, he thought to himself, man, I've, I've got too many crops. I've got to tear down the old barns and build up newer, and then I'll just tell myself, I'll tell my soul, soul, take, take ease and rest and eat and drink. And then God said, your life will be required of you. But verse 22, it says, And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for your body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. How much more are you better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If you then be not able to do the thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spin not, and yet I say unto you that Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. If, you th- if then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and the morrow is cast into the oven, how much will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And seek not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of the doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you have need of these things. I know for a lot of young people, uh, you, there's like a course of this world, right? If you look and you say, explain what life is to me. If you're going to explain what life is to me outside of the things of God, you would say, well, if I'm going to describe life to you, you're born, you hope to be born into a good family, you know, you go to school, uh, you enjoy your childhood, you go to college, you graduate, you get a job, you try to be successful, you try to store up, you try to get a retirement, you try to travel, you have a wife or a, or a husband and kids and a family, and you try to have good experiences, and then you try to retire at a good age and still be able to travel, and you try to be healthy, and you try not to die young, and and you try to live a good life, right? That's the summary of life. If you ask someone to explain life, it's, you know, less than 100 years and try to be healthy and, you know, try not to do anything too stupid, but also have a lot of fun, right? And that's a description of life. And so there's a normal path and cares of the world. And so Jesus is saying here, as children of God, as children of the Most High, we have a different set of ideals. Um, Simply is that eternity matters for us. There's a phone call coming in. Eternity matters for us. And so what is that saying? He's saying, when you look at life, don't look at it to the perspective of 100 years. Look at it through the perspective of eternity. That the real life starts once, once we die. That yes, this is a time now where we go through things and there's difficulty, but eternity is forever. And so the bulk of our life in a thousand years from now, we would have had a, a lot larger portion of our life on the other side of eternity than we do here. And so view everything from an eternal perspective. And so when it comes to the cares of the world, I think this is um, uh, pretty eye-opening to see what Jesus says. He says, number one, he tells us what not to think about. You know that you actually have to choose what thoughts you think about. People who get depressed become the, the, the stepping stones up to depression are being filled with self, self-concern. You know, that's even why would they do like self-care Saturday or self-care Sunday or, you know, it's like the more inward focused you become, the more depressed and the more prideful you can be. Depressed or prideful you can be. 
So he's saying, take no thought for your life. As children of God, our, our, our life is not a, does not revolve around us. It's rev- and it's good news. It revolves around the kingdom of God, that the focus of our life can be Jesus Christ and doing what he's called us to do. Uh, it, there's a freedom in self-forgetfulness. And so he tells you, he says, hey, don't think about these things. Put this on the list of things that you don't think about. Just like you shouldn't be thinking about killing people, right? We know there shouldn't be playing out things in your head. You hear stories of, of, of people who, these people who do mass shootings, right? The, the people go into schools and, and they had notebooks of pictures of them blowing people up and, and things. There's a thought life that tends to evil. So people know, hey, I'm not supposed to think about killing other people. I'm not supposed to imagine killing other people. You, but um, at the same time, you're not supposed to spend time wondering what, what, is, uh, what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, and what I'm going to put on. But it goes beyond that. Jesus said, don't worry what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on. But for many people, it's not just those things. This is actually still a form of covetousness. Covetousness isn't just desiring what other people. Covetousness is a heart fixed on things. So yes, you can covet your neighbor's donkey, but if you're just coveting the donkey at the dealership, it's still a problem. When the motivation of your heart and the motivation of your life is, I need to get this car, and that's all you think about, that's a problem. The Lord is saying, take it from a more eternal perspective. What's going to matter in a hundred years from now? You know, the Lord, the, Bi- the Bible even says here, the Lord knows what you need. He knows you need these natural things. Look at the lilies of the field, right? God clothes them. What is he saying? He's saying God knows that you need clothing. God knows that you need a place to sleep. God knows that you want a spouse. God knows that you want kids. But you don't need to spend your time thinking or going after these things. So as Christians, here's a bit of our, uh, here's, here's some instruction for us. And here's direction. While the rest of the world is, is looking at the course of their life, where they're going to go to school, what, where they're going to get a job, if they're going to make enough money, you know, this is life for people. Try to have a good family, try to have kids, try to go on vacation. This is life. What do they not think about? Well, let me, you know, I really want to make an impact in this world. Some people do. Yeah, I want to go, I want to, I want to, you know, help take care of pollution. And, the, and it's misguided because on the inside of us, there's, there's a part of Jesus Christ. There's a part of our creator that wants to, to see people re- reunited to the kingdom of God. Being a soul winner is the call of calls. It's, it's what every Christian is called to do. And so God is saying, number one, this is what not to think about. And then he says, instead, think about this. He said, consider the lilies of the field. If you're going to, if, if the idea of money and preparation for the future is going to pop into your head, think about the testimonies of how God has provided beforehand. And then the next thing he says, God knows that you need these temporary things and he will give it to you. And then what does he say? Don't seek after these things. This is what the Gentiles seek after. So he says, first of all, don't think about them. And then secondly, don't seek after them. And then after that, he says, but do seek after the kingdom of God. God is giving us, Jesus is giving us very practical advice on how not to think and how to think. You know, if you want to be healthy, you have to think healthy thoughts. You know, if you want to be successful, you have to think successful thoughts. If you want to be positive, you have to think positive thoughts. You, you're not going to be positive thinking negative thoughts about yourself. You may have had a negative self-image. You may have had a negative idea about your family. You may have a negative idea about who you are as a spouse or as a catch for a spouse, right? You may have a negative mindset, but you have to change that. You have to look at it from God's perspective. What does God love about me? What does God see in me? I'm holy. I'm righteous. I'm a child of God. 
I'm valuable to God. I'm loved by God. You start to get a new image of who you are. And so he's saying, don't think about these. Don't think about these things. Negative thoughts. Don't th- stop thinking about these things. Stop thinking about lack. And this doesn't mean we don't prepare. Doesn't mean you don't go to school. But you do exactly what the Lord has told you to do. The, you you shouldn't make decisions based on the, like I say this. You can't. You shouldn't move cities based on a job. If the Lord told you to go, you go. But you don't make money decisions and moving cities, uprooting your family, going to a different state where you don't know if there's a good church or, oh, we'll just figure it out. No, you go how God, you seek first the kingdom of God. So God's telling you what not to think about, what to think about, what not to seek after, and what to seek after. And really, it all comes down to eternal treasure. I want you to see how these two correlate. Psalm 127 verse 2 says, It is vain for you to rise up early to take rest late, to eat the bread of anxious toil, for he gives blessings to his beloved in their sleep. And then 1 Timothy 6, 17-19 says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. If you look back at Luke 12, and in verse 2, it says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So he says here in 1 Timothy 6, Verse 17, who gives us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good and that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come they may lay hold on eternal life. What, what is he saying here? He's saying that your money, the way you're minded about money and about what you seek after with your life should be eternal. He said, tell the rich people, I didn't say sell everything you have. What did I say? I said, don't be high-minded. Don't put a trust in your riches because they're uncertain, right? They're not dependable, but in the living God who richly gives us all things to enjoy. And then he commands rich people, do good, be, be rich in good works, be willing to distribute. Let, let the riches in your bank account match the riches in the good that you're doing with that money. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, then they may hold on eternal life. And so he's saying here, what you do with your money, what will you do with your life? If it's not aimed for eternity and for the kingdom of God, is going to be a waste, and it's not God's plan for your life. There's a way that the world thinks, oh, you got to go in the medical field, you got to get a good job. You know, and I, for some people, that's exactly what God wants them to do. But you can't go off what your parents say. You can't go off what, I mean, children, obey your parents and the Lord. But if the Lord's calling you to the ministry, and your parents want you to get a job because it's more safe financially, you have to do what the Lord tells you to do. Now, if you're just, oh, I don't want to do what my parents are saying just out of rebellion, that's a completely different thing. But you do what the Lord is telling you to do. You follow what God is telling you to do. That's why the Bible even says, if you don't hate your family in comparison with me, you're not fit for the kingdom. So if, if, if you're, if, you know, there's people who left their Muslim families to become a Christian and were cast out of their, their families. You don't just say, well, my family's leaving, you know, my family. No, you, you make a stand for Christ. What has God told me to do? What has God called me to do? Verse, verse 31, Luke 12, 31. Rather seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 33, sell that you have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that fails not. Where, there, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupts. For where your treasures, there your heart will be also. 
And so it, I know it sounds contradictory, but Jesus isn't saying to every person across the board, sell every one of your possessions and give alms to the poor. He's, he's relating this to the parable of the man who had, who had money in store and wanted more and more and putting everything in store. He's saying, hey, what you need, you keep what you need. If you're using it for the kingdom of God, great. But if it's there just to be something that you can put your trust in, that's a problem. Sell what you, sell what you do have, the over and above, the extra, and give to the poor. Be rich in good works. If you don't start now, when will you start? If you're making, if you're making $500 a week and you're not tithing, do you think you're going to tithe when you make $5,000 a week? You won't do it. If you're, if you're making $500 a week and you're not giving over and above the tithe, you think you'll start when you have more? People always say, you know, I have more. I'll give when I have more. No, you decide. For me, I decided to start. I, I was raised to tithe, number one. But, but when I started making money, I would come and I would give and I would give offerings. And, and, and I've told this story before how I would give, I pledged $1,000 in the building fund and I would go and I would work hard and I would make 80 bucks or 60 bucks or 100 bucks and I'd give the whole thing in the building fund. And the Lord sees that heart and he can promote. And that's why my brother and I went into business and very soon after going in, we were making each 100000 a year and then two hundred and then three hundred. It's like the Lord will promote people. Why? Because you start where you're at. And so all of covetousness is defeated by giving. It's a spirit of giving. Covetousness wants to hoard and store up because it trusts in riches. But riches are uncertain. You know, you can put money in the stock market. Then in a day, the stock market plummets. And then you could put money in Bitcoin and Bitcoin goes up and then it plummets and it's uncertain. But one thing is for sure, God will provide all your needs. He says, don't even worry about these things. Why is he saying that? Because it's, he said the Gentiles worry about these things. Unbelievers, this is the stuff that they fill their heart and their mind with. How am I going to get the new boat? How am I going to... And you know, everyone's at a different place. There's people in, in poverty wondering about where they're going to get their meal. And then there's people in, living in comfort wondering about how they're going to afford their next vacation. And then there's people who are rich wondering about how they're going to buy their second house. And it's all a worry and a concern about provision. I want to tell you, let me break the myth here. If you start making very good money, if you don't deal with anxiety and worry concerning money, it never goes away. It just changes. I, <laughs> before I was making money, I, I cared less about money than when I was making it. Then I started making it, and then I was worried about money. I was more worried about finances, making six figures a year, than I was when I was only making 20000 a year. Why? Because it's a care, and anxiety comes from the devil. And so if the worry never changes, it'll be like, well, we got to figure out money for vacation and retirement and tax season's stressful. And it's like the anxiety never goes away. So what is he saying? Don't spend your time worrying about these things. Spend your time focused on the kingdom of God. Spend your time winning souls to the Lord. Spend your energy knowing there's coming a day where I'm going to stand before God. And it's, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And then I'm going to finish up here as we wrap up Luke 12 continuing on. And then he says, verse 35, right after that, he says, after he says, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning and you yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down at meat and he will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. So what is he saying? We live ready to go. 
You know, and the truth is here, the Bible says, occupy till I come. And so for us, if we get in the mindset of saying, well, the Lord's delaying, you know, the Lord's, the, if we knew, hey, if the Lord showed us, hey, I'm coming back in the year 2218, there would be no urgency because then you just think, oh, I live a long time. But it's almost like there's two sides to it. If you think the Lord's coming in the next three years, you can be like, what's the point? I'm not even going to be married. I'm not going to have kids. But it's, it's neither of those things. You live like you're going to see the end of your days, like you're going to be 95 when you pass over into eternity. But at the same time, there's a divine urgency that I live my life watching. This is the eternal perspective. I live my life with the eyes looking to eternity. Then when it comes to my money, I'm putting it into the kingdom of God. When it comes to my actions, I'm putting it into the kingdom of God. That I'm not saying, oh, I don't need to finish school because the rapture is going to happen. No, you, cont- you occupy you, you, you keep going after what you are going after like the Lord, because the Lord hasn't told us. The Lord could come back in three years. It also could be 30 years. It could be 40 years. You, you, but you live with your eyes. The Bible says, blessed are those who, when the Lord comes back, he finds them watching. So are you watching? Are you waiting? Are you living for eternity? Is your money directed towards eternity? Is your life directed towards eternity? If it is, you will be blessed. God will call you blessed. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you on the next podcast.